Hello and welcome back to Swindle's Search for the Truth. Today's episode is the audio from Glasgow's CrimeCon and features a conversation with David, Debbie who works with David at Victims Abroad, as well as Kirsty Maxwell's parents. A quick warning, at times the audio is a little bit quiet and although I've done my best with editing it, there are moments where it's hard to hear. There's two quick updates though before we get into the episode. The first is that we now have a dedicated Twitter account for the podcast. It's a space for you to keep up to date with anything that crops up with this podcast and the cases involved. The link is in the show notes and we'd be really grateful if you go give that a follow. The second update is that the next episode is going to be one that's been in the works for a while and that is that there is going to be a Spanish speaking episode about Kirsty Maxwell. And so David has brought in other members of his team for that purpose. In that episode, David's colleague, Eva Maria Navarro, will reiterate Kirsty's story in Spanish, with the goal being that a new audience can be brought to the podcast, those who might be from the area and perhaps know about Kirsty's death. We believe that it's a new concept, but that by offering multilingual content, we stand a better chance of helping the families to get answers. Thank you for your support so far. Now, over to that episode. Hi, welcome to Swindle Search for the Truth podcast. We're here today at the Crime Con event in Glasgow, the True Crime Con event. This is the first time ever it has been in Scotland. Uh, previously, it's been in London. And um, just uh, about an hour ago, um, we had a session with the family of Kirsty Maxwell, who was killed abroad in suspicious circumstances in Benidorm. And her, um, Craig Mallon, uh, his dad was also there. That was Craig that was murdered in Lorette de Mar. Uh, with me today is... Debbie, Debbie Smithwaite. Debbie uh, who is a multilingual researcher who works for Victims Abroad and has been supporting various cases, and... Angela Lees. Angela, the aunt of Kirsty Maxwell. Kirsty Maxwell. And Denise Curry, Kirsty's mum. And Brian Curry, Kirsty's dad. Thanks. It's it's a difficult one for you every time to speak about that. And, and sadly, uh, the only way that Kirsty's case is going to get progress is to keep pushing and pushing and pushing. Um, there was two episodes uh, early on about Kirsty's case and, you know, we recorded it with the three of you involved in that. And today, that session uh, at the CrimeCon event, I thought it was very, very powerful. And the words that Brian and Angie said on it, I felt it very powerful. How did you feel about the, the event, doing that session? It was um, nerve-wracking, um, to say the least, um, speaking personally <coughs> about your daughter's death. But um, we knew that um, if we could get the right message across, um, the people that are out there would be able to take on board um, what we were saying, um, the help we needed, um, how we were appealing. Uh, to the Spanish judiciary for them to listen to um, what we need to find the answers. So, yeah, um, I feel uh, we connected quite well. What what I found there, and and a lot of well-connected people in there, very experienced people, um, and, you know, I couldn't, you know, when we were speaking about it and when the video was showing, people were really, really upset. And, And... you're here with the Kirsty Maxwell Charity, the Kirsty Maxwell Charity, which has helped other families um, and continues to do so. Um, and you have a stand here at the CrimeCon event, and the response that you've had is it 
you know. There is a lot of good response. We have people coming up asking us um, to explain more about the charity. People that have also been following the Kirsty Maxwell help help you know the charity line. Um, just great, and even after we've done the the, the con thing there, people were thanking us. You know, for doing the speeches and everything. I think, you know, we've always been saying the information, you know, regarding what happened to Kirsty, uh, you know, is in Spain, Benidorm and in Nottingham. And there's been lots of stuff in social media. This is a different forum. So what you have here is 250 people listening to you and every single person there is going to take that message back. And I'm sure, I'm sure that we're going to get more people coming asking you questions and want to share information. So the charity for you um, is, a, is a really powerful thing. I think it's a powerful thing, helping people. Uh, Debbie, you you were involved, Debbie Smithway, the, the linguist there, and you spoke about the challenges about languages. You spoke about another issue, which is actually quite shocking that the British don't do this. What was that again? Okay, yeah. So I was talking about um, when I came back from Spain, uh, I drove back recently, and driving back from Spain, um, I'm a Spanish resident, so you know I'm, I'm logged on to all the Spanish systems. Uh, I drove into France, and a message came up saying, Spain is with you. It's from the Spanish Ministry of Foreign Affairs. Spain is with you. Um, if you have an emergency, please contact the consulate with a list of all the consulates in France. And then coming off the Channel Tunnel, uh, coming down the ramp, uh, I had the same message, Spain is with you, and a list of the consulates in the UK. Um, and uh, my niece, who was travelling with me, is a, just a British resident and didn't get anything from from the British Foreign Affairs Ministry. So I'm thinking maybe there's some difference there in the systems as well. There's certainly differences. And, you know, whilst the, the questioning the standards of investigation into Kirsty's case, it is definitely flawed, but that system sounds like the Spanish are, in a way, trying to help the residents looking at them after the residents of the going to our country. No one in that room there, the 250 people, had ever received one of these texts apart from you because you crossed into other countries. And that is something that I would hope that perhaps as a result of your input, even something like that, that the government can introduce. It's it's shocking that a country like Britain doesn't have that. Um, when you go to Spain, when we go anywhere, that we don't get that. Well, there should be something like that. Uh, <coughs> As a charity, um, we're always reminding people when they go abroad that um, if anything happens, the first and foremost, get in touch with the, the British consulate. We're not here to replace their services, but if they need to get in touch with us, then we ask them to do so. Um, we just let people, um, make them aware that you know there is some kind of help or support. But that comes from us, that doesn't come from the UK or the government. Yeah, and, and I think the Kirsty Maxwell charity is on the Foreign Office website. It is. Um, a lot of people, when we ask, how did you find out about us? They say they got us from the Foreign and Commonwealth <coughs> Development Office webpage. It's good for you trying to help families, and you've had quite a few families yeah. uh, that have been, um, you have contacted you and you've helped them in different ways. Um, but when we spoke in there about the disjointed systems, people are shocked. And they're shocked to hear what you said. And you, you went through a lot of whys 
and uh, it's it's why not it's, it's why it's, it's everything they were shocked absolutely shocked and um, the way you've been treated and that is the same in other cases maybe not as bad as regards the forensic mismanagement of this um, and Professor Jim Fraser was there, he was there and he's given, he's presented stuff before, he's looked at DNA stuff, he's given it. You would think a person like that, with his experience and what he brings, that the Spanish would listen to that, that he was speaking about, that he presented. They've just ignored that. And we've, we've already been on and I would, <coughs> what I would say to listeners is, think, you know, go back, if you haven't heard the previous episodes, go back and listen to them and listen to here. Um, but I think once we go back down and you're back at the table, there's going to be a lot more information, a lot of people coming to you and contacting you. Um, and someone asked a question in there, which I found really interesting. How can we help? There's a woman asked that question and says, whatever way you can, share the message, share social media, because social media is really powerful. Um, and that was quite interesting. How can we help? And I think, knowing some of the people that are there, there's people that are connected in the legal system down there, the former CPS people, former detectives, senior detectives, and just people that are interested in victims and true crime. So the message there, you know, I think we'll be talking about it for the rest of the day to people that come to you. What's your own thoughts? And it was a hard one to do. Yeah, it was hard. <coughs> um, bearing in mind, um, we were speaking about the legal aspects of Curse's case, um, you know, what wasn't done, what should have been done. So, yeah, to have other people realise um, the dangers and the pitfalls and the hurdles and the hoops that people have got to go through and over just to get answers. Um, and why do we not get these answers? And that there should be a mandatory protocol in place that automatically helps UK citizens when a death happens abroad and you shouldn't be left scrambling about and um, not knowing what to do not knowing what the language is, not knowing what the legal system is, there should be help. Um, if a death happened in the UK, it's mandatory to investigate. But if it happens abroad, you get nothing. There's no join-up system. No. And there, there has been, there's been the APPG, all-party political group, and <coughs> that was the published, that was <coughs> under your MP, Hannah Burdell, that pushed that. And that, the findings of that uh, were presented to Westminster in 2018. It's four years ago, yeah. and they're still, um, and you're involved in some stuff to try and contribute to victim support processes in Scotland. Yes, we've put a lot of our, our own findings, our own points to consider what should be done and what can be done and things that aren't done. Again, it's um, trying to get people, in, like you said, <coughs> you're trying to join all these dots to make sure that uh, when this happens again to someone else, they've got the help and support that deserve and you're doing that you're, you're helping other families but what we would really want is other families that are out there to spread the word about Kirsty's case yes. and to spread the word about the appeal points and the big appeal points is the woman the woman that was in where it happened apartments Palmer where Kirsty was before she died there was a woman with a group of men and that woman has never been traced the police never interviewed her Initially, it was not Spanish, not English, but one of the men who was there and seemed to know her says that she was English and she went to the police office. So, take it back five years, my pretty Palmer apartments, or 
uh, apartment, as Palmer as it's called, a woman was in there when Kirsty sadly died. She's never been traced. The other appeal point is anyone that stayed in Palmer Apartments then, and also people that were in Hotel Presidente, and it's a wall. And, you know, at the end of the day, one thing I would say, and, and that was mentioned, is keep, keep sharing. People should be sharing anything that you put up social media or Victims Abroad puts up social media-wise. Okay, what I'd said before was that girl in the room has left the apartments, gone where, we don't know, spoken to friends, family, of her trauma that she may have went through as well, we don't know. Idea. Well, that's right. If someone knows something; it's passed on to someone. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. It's <laughs> it's not trying to say you know someone someone would speak about this. Yes, someone would speak about this, and and we also had the bit if you remember the cafe treble, which is at Benidorm, and there was an English couple went in there and said that they saw something that sounded like Kirsty's death, mm-hmm. and they've never been traced either, and that could be the same English couple that spoke to the cleaner in Hotel Presidente. There's a lot in this, and, and one thing I would say to people who are listening is, have a look at the website, www.kirstymaxwell.com, and all the information's on that, and look at that, and look at the appeal points as well. Um, and anything at all, and someday, you know, I've said this before, the passage of time should not be detrimental to the detection of crime, it shouldn't matter how long it takes. Um, and you hope that allegiances change, that people fall out with each other, Someone has got information, and it could be a matter of someone falling out, you know, with each other, and that could end up in information coming in, um, and that's what I, you always hope. You always hope, and even if it's not the people that were in the room, people that are close to them, witnesses that's maybe told someone something else, and one of the things I say, and I've said it quite a few times, don't assume we know what you know, in every single bit of information. Uh, is what we want. Debbie, you got anything else you want to say with it? I think just the fact that people <coughs> might think that it's not up to them to share, uh, you know, the appeals and so on, but really it could be anybody who is in, say, the hotel opposite who saw something or who knows if somebody saw something, and it doesn't have to be anybody who's involved in the true crime world or anything else. It just it could be your next-door neighbour who happened to be on holiday at that time. Um, and I think that's a really important thing to get across is that every share could help. No matter how small you think this may be, yeah. it could help. Yeah. Well, interesting. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's it. It's a small bit of information. That's what it could be that pieces things and maybe say that's what you need. <coughs> it was interesting there, um, before we came to the podcast studio here, uh, at your Kirsten Maxwell charity stand, there was lots of people talking. We are saying, right, we've got time. No, hold back, let them speak. Because... Everybody that goes there is getting an interest in what they're doing. They'll take it away. They're taking the, the momentum away. And, and I would suggest, listening to this, have a look at the Kirsty Maxwell uh, charity website. Have a look at it. Um, we'll put that on with the show notes. We'll put the different things on about today, with the crime con. Brian, anything else you can think yourself with? Well, <coughs> there's, a, there's a lot of things. Um, we could talk. We could sit here and talk all day about um, the misgivings. Um, but... We know that there is evidence out there that we can still use. We've got evidence that they don't want to look at. But again, um, we just need people to think back. Do you know someone who is in Benidorm at the end of April 2017 and just 
if they've got anything that they can add to it that they may think is insignificant, but um, just, you know, please get in touch. Yeah, I mean, th- uh, I, I can't understand why other people haven't come forward, you know. Um, it could be that they don't, you know, they're not in Scotland, they're not aware of the case. And one big thing I think about the crime con thing is it is putting it out down south. It's putting it out in England where there's people, where we know it's an English, where we think it was an English couple, English-speaking couple, and we think it could be from England, that were staying in the, the room in, my, in the Presidente that saw Kirsty. Uh, and saw something and told the maid. So it's, all it needs is like every big investigation, I've worked loads of them, you just want that little bit of information that can help lead. That's correct. And there's a lot of people staying in the Presidente, which is opposite the apartments Kirsty was called in. And, you know, not one has really come forward. Again, do they know? Um, again, we've been prevented from getting in touch with these people or even asking, um, we don't have to know their names, can we send them out, you know, a, like a s- small questionnaire to ask them if they were there, if they saw anything. And even in the My Pretty Paymar parents, we don't know who was interviewed. There was I mean, no, there's no record. Nothing. There's nothing. So there was no one. Why is no one interviewed? Um, who are these people? Who were staying there? And, you know, it's, it seems to be like a smoke screen or a wall or a barrier that's been put up preventing us from and getting to the truth and getting to the answers. Well, there are no independent witnesses been interviewed at all. There is no independent person. <coughs> there is no <coughs> background. We got a message and uh, someone that's a, it's a true crime person that follows stuff. She's got a lot of followers, um, tens of thousands of followers, and she shares stuff to do with Kirsty's case, and she put out something in Kirsty's birthday, and she got a, a message back saying, um, my friend... He was in the bar working where they had been, and uh, so that's someone that served them, someone that might have information, someone might have information about other people that could assist. Um, there is, apart from Kirsty <coughs> and her friends, who you know they, they didn't interview all them. We interviewed them, and, and the Spanish wouldn't accept these statements or declarations. They call them even in Spanish. There are no independent people, nobody. And normally, have there's no one to tell us. There's no one out with that group. And there's people, there were people staying in my pretty payment and they weren't interviewed. Well, you know, we go over and over again, but I've said it, it's a flawed investigation and there should be some way that if it's a British citizen killed abroad and the investigation's flawed, there should be some sort of comeback on that. Because and nobody's accountable. More, if we had the CCTV uh, footage for the whole 24 hours, there'd be a lot of questions get answered. Who's this? Who's that? Where are they going? That would have helped immensely. Well, we'd have known <coughs> what happened before. We'd have known, we'd have known who that girl was because I had to walk out the front door and there's CCTV in the front door. The CCTV was conveniently edited to just focus on movements and that was Kirsty and her friends. And then you see the men going down and reporting to the reception. But there's nothing else. And I think we there's information there that we believe someone might have been round the back at the pool before the police arrived. And there was that horrible CCTV, not a CCTV, horrible mm. image that someone took mm. and probably sold it, but it appeared in the newspaper. Who took that? So someone took a really graphic image of Kirsty at the pool and that is something that indicates that there was someone round there before the police arrived. So 
for whatever reason there's been a, I hate to use it, but cover-up, exclusion of information, and withholding stuff, and not, you know, it, destroying it, the clothing, the DNA. Um, Angie, any messages from you? I think we're Anybody that has any information, just please get in touch with the family on the charity website, you know, anything, anything small, anything they can think of, friends that were in Benidorm that weekend, ask them again if they heard anything. Bank holiday weekend, April 2017, April 29th, um, 2017, it was a bank holiday weekend, if you were in Benidorm, um, people still talk about it, you know, when you put it out on social media, um, and, you know, you've got to keep pushing and, you know, good on you doing what you did today. And I think, you know, I think we're very, you know, for Crime Coin allowing you to have a stand here, it was good because that's the first big type of publicity that the, the charity has well, had. It gives us a massive opportunity to reach um, a, a different area of people, a different grouping yeah. of people. Yep. I mean, I found out most of the people that come up and speak to us, they're well versed. <coughs> And they come from various backgrounds, uh, which helps um, yeah. because they've got a genuine interest. Well, there's lots of people that spoke to me at lunch there uh, that have an interest in it, and I said we'll speak later on it. And you know, other people that can maybe try and spread the word or influence some kind of things. But how do you do it? Mm-hmm. And the politicians need to step up to the mark. Yeah. And there was a question asked: there, Is there not some kind of European rules? Mm-hmm. No, there's not. That's mm-hmm. yeah, so again when um, Debbie touched on as well. Um, when you go back over the answers are in Spain, but um, as you know, we've found out that the, the senior investigating officer has been moved on. Mm-hmm. Um, to Madrid, hundreds even, of miles yeah, away. Even during one of his interviews, he did state that he believed that Kirsty's death was caused mm-hmm. um, by going into that room. He believed, yeah, he, he, the, the, the officer in charge of that investigation, he believed that the actions of people were causal. <clears throat> to what happened um, and they, they had various phrases in that police report it's like someone fleeing a burning building where does that come from where's the evidence that that came out where did they get that from they haven't, the police haven't told us everything there and they've not recorded it properly so Debbie anything from you there no just the same you know to say again anybody anybody who's been to on holiday to Spain might know somebody who you know who might just have a tiniest bit of information and as regards the wider issues, that part that you brought up about the SMSs coming from Spain to France, you arrive in France, you get a text message from the Spanish authorities, you arrive in the UK, you get that, and every Spanish citizen gets that. So come on, British government, at least make one little change to help families. So thanks, and um, it's it's difficult all the time to speak about it. I'm sure when you go down to the back to the charity stall, there'll be lots of people waiting for you. Yes. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Thank you.